podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where we are previewing the Champions League Cup final out in Madrid, Saturday the 1st of June, between Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool. Joining me on the show tonight, we have Mickey Hazard. Mickey made over 170 appearances for Tottenham, scoring 33 goals. Tottenham legend, and a pleasure to have you back on the show, Mickey. How are you, pal? I'm very good, Pete, and a pleasure to be back on and uh, particularly discussing something as great as the Champions League final. Yeah, most definitely one that we're all looking forward to and we just can't wait for it to get it underway now, can we? So, joining me for Liverpool, once again, we've got Jay Riley. You can catch Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show and uh, regular guest on the cop table with us now, so... Another Champions League final for us to, to look forward to, Jay. Twelve months ago, we was we was disappointed, wasn't we, out in Kiev, and we've got a chance to make amends now in Madrid on the first of June. So, um, how are you feeling about it, Paul? Yeah, you know, excited. It was a little bit unexpected, wasn't it, after losing three 0 in the new Camp, and then you know, that memorable night at Anfield, one of the greatest ever to come back and win four 0 and now. You know, the ultimate prize is this European Cup final now and let's hope and pray that we can make up for the loss last year and get make sure we make it number six this time around. Great stuff. OK, so what we're going to do, lads, we're going to start off by talking about our, our previous games, starting from the group stages in the Champions League. So starting with, uh, with Mickey, Tottenham was drawn against Inter Milan, Barcelona, PSV, which on paper looked a very, very tough draw, but... Tottenham have come through that group. I think it was seven points they've got. Um, losing the first first couple of games and then sort of fought back as the, as the group went on. So, so just give us your, your thoughts on um, on Tottenham's form throughout the group stages, please, Mickey. Well, uh, on the group stages, we actually played very well at, at, at Inter Milan and got lost to two late goals from a position of winning 1-0 and, and two late goals. So we threw it away. PS. V pretty similar. We threw away uh, a potential victory by missing lots of chances, and uh, and then obviously playing Barcelona with Messi on fire at Wembley. Um, he was incredible that night and, and lost that. So one point after three games looked very much an impossible task, particularly as we had to go to Barcelona. Um, we then it was a must that we won our two home games to keep us alive. We played okay against Inter Milan. Uh, worthy winners, but we didn't we didn't pull up any trees. And then similar against PSV, we weren't great, uh, but just did enough to to nick the points. And then obviously had to go to the new camp against the mighty Barcelona, and we played incredible on the night. And of, of course Messi was on the bench, um, but it, we were so good on the night that we came away feeling disappointed with a one-one draw. Um, but obviously PSV took a point, drew with the Inter and it sort of got us through to the next stage. So it was a, a wonderful night. I was over in Barcelona 
um, for the game. And I've got to say, I had one of the most amazing um, European nights as a Spurs fan or, or player that you could possibly wish for to go to the new camp and qualify under the um, the pressure that we were undergoing into the game. It was an incredible evening. Great stuff. Cheers, Mickey. <clears throat> OK, then. Jay, going to talk a little bit about Liverpool's group stage games. We uh, we come up against Paris Saint-Germain, Napoli and um, and Red Star, wasn't it, in, in the group stages. Got off to a, a good start with a, a 3-2 win against PSG in the first game at Anfield and then struggled a bit, didn't we, at Napoli. Uh, decent win against Red Star and left ourselves a bit of an uphill battle, didn't we, um, after, after that? with a 2-1 defeat in, in Paris. So it was all down to the last game in Napoli, uh, against Napoli, sorry, at Anfield. Um, so just give us your thoughts on, on Liverpool's run throughout the group stage, please, Jay. Well, yeah, I mean, every single season there's always a group of death, and this certainly was the group of death when you consider Paris Saint-Germain and Napoli were in the same group as us, and really the ones that you would have thought would have been the whipping boys, Red Star, Belgrade, they actually beat Liverpool, didn't they? I mean, Liverpool lost all three three away games in the group stage, which we were really struggling away from home. We had a James Milner penalty in Paris to show for, for it. That was it, basically. We were shocking in Naples. I mean, we lost 1-0, an injury-time goal in, in Signy scored, but it could have been three or four on the night, to tell you the truth. That was one of our worst performances of the season. But thankfully, our home form seen us through, didn't it? I mean, fantastic to be Paris Saint-Germain in the opening game. Roberto Firmino came off the bench and scored an injury-time winner. But Liverpool were dominant in that game, really. And it should have been out of sight. We just couldn't get the third goal. And they scored the late equaliser, didn't he, through uh, Mbappe. And then, obviously, you know, Firmino did score, come on and score for us. So, you know, the right results occurred in that game. But... I mean, we were obviously going to beat Red Star Belgrade at home and we did 4-0, but then it went down to the last game against Napoli and really Liverpool had to win the game 1-0, didn't he? You know, that was the only real result. If they would have scored an away goal, Liverpool would have needed three or four, wouldn't he, on the night? So it would have been a bit of a disaster to go out of the group stages after being in a final last year. But, you know, thankfully on the night, Liverpool came through and a fantastic save at the end by Alisson Becker been fantastic for Liverpool ever since we signed him in the summer, 65 million and that was clearly one of his, his better saves that he's made for the club because it's vitally important because it got us through to the knockout stage of the Champions League and you know it was a very difficult group we ended up coming second in the group but here we are now in the final and Paris Saint-Germain aren't Like you say Jay, it was a very tough group to get out of and thankfully like you say that, that save from, from Alisson in the game Against Napoli was it was an unbelievable save and it basically put us through into the into the last sixteen, didn't it? So over to you then, Mickey. We're gonna go into the last sixteen now. Tottenham was drawn against Borussia Dortmund, had a, a very good result at home, didn't he? Beating them three 0 and then everyone thought uh, could Tottenham sort of sit back in in the away leg and 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 soak up the pressure and see see what Dortmund can do, but it didn't turn out. Like that, did it? And, and Tottenham came away with a with a one nil victory. So, how important was that? Was that first leg in in terms of, of the um, the round six, uh, sixteen tie? Please, Mickey. Uh, you know, if you if you look at the the facts, I think we had no um, Harry Kane, which was a major loss, um, and a weakened side. And for thirty minutes of that game, maybe 
we were really under the cosh, but Dortmund looked an absolutely fantastic passing team and were moving the ball quick and great movement and they were causing us all sorts of problems. Um, and then we just had a period where we were absolutely incredible uh, uh, and got three goals in that period and managed to uh, keep the clean sheet, which is always important in Europe. You know, we, we go away, we know we get one, they've got to get five. Um, so we go away and, and um, to be honest, an incredibly professional performance away. Um, just soaked up their pressure, hit them when we needed to, got the goals when we needed to and uh, ran out comfortable. I think it was 5 nil, wasn't it? Um, I think we got. Uh, I think we were comfortable winners in the end and, and, and looked at that point like we'd beaten a very, very good Dortmund side who, who were actually lots of points clear in the, the German league. So it was a fantastic performance, fantastic result. Um, and I think that was the the moment when Son really started to come to four as well. Yeah, it was a four nil victory over over the two legs, which uh, then saw um, Tottenham into the quarter final. So Liverpool Jay was drawn against Bayern Munich in the in the round of sixteen, nil nil draw at home, and again that looking back on it, probably we we should have been going to to Bayern. A goal or two up, but didn't turn out that way. And I know a lot of people were saying that it it, it wasn't the best result for Liverpool, but um, nil nil draw is probably one of the best results you can get in going into the second leg, isn't it? Because obviously the away team haven't scored that goal, and if you score at their ground, then they're going to have to score two due to the away goal factor. So just give us your thoughts on the, the two games against Bayern Munich, please, Jay. Well, yeah, I mean, as I said before, it's one of them things, isn't it? Liverpool come second in the group, so we were always going to get a difficult tie in the last 16, and, and so it proved because we got Bayern Munich and you know, German giants, aren't they? They win the, I think they've just won the title in Germany, was it, is it six years on the spin, seven years on the spin or something? So, you know, it's always going to be a tough game against Bayern Munich because they've got the European experience and the pedigree as well, and I know Liverpool have got the pedigree in terms of name, but like obviously the group of players haven't have the so only last year really, and like a lot of people say last year we caught a lot of the European teams cold because they didn't know how to handle our front three, and Liverpool were just putting teams to the sword, and you know we went to the final with that type of mentality, and it just wasn't to be, was it against Real Madrid? But I think like when you look at Bayern Munich, they've been in finals themselves recently, and. You know, obviously the very experienced side, and they've played together for such a long time. So it was always going to be a difficult game. But people did say that Bayern Munich were an agent team as well. And in the game at Anfield, I thought they were a little bit wary to come out. So they were very defensive minded at Anfield. Liverpool should really have scored a couple of goals, but it wasn't to be. And we ended up throwing the game nil nil and a little bit frustrating, really. But the only big thing to take from it was that Bayern Munich never got an away goal. So you're quite right in what you're saying. When we went to the Allianz, it was a case of if Liverpool can score the first goal here, then obviously they would need two to win the game. And they would have to open up a little bit more against Liverpool. And so it proved because Liverpool scored the first goal, fantastic, by, by Sadio Mane. And then you know, Bayern Munich did get back into the game, but they still needed another one and they still had to push in the second half. And then Liverpool hit them on a counter-attack and scored a second and then scored a third. And it was good night and... We moved swiftly on into the into the um, the next rounds, the quarterfinals. But you know, people were saying about Bayern Munich being an aging team, but they've still gone on to win the Bundesliga again this season. So you know, they've still got quality players, and you can't really take anything away from our our performance and our results that we got in the Allianz. Yeah, it was um, it was two two very difficult games, and one we came through with with flying colours. So 
yeah, both teams then onto the quarterfinals, and Tottenham was drawn against another, <coughs> excuse me, another English team in in Manchester City, which which looked basically the the tie of the round, didn't they? Both both near the top of the the, the table at the time, and both looking for um, European glory, especially Manchester City with with the backing that they've had and um, the board there, the demanding, aren't they? That's that's what they're after. They they're craving a European title, and it turned out that um, Tottenham beat them one 0 at home, didn't he, Mickey? And then yes, what a fantastic second leg it was. Obviously, we was playing at the same time, but we had sort of people. Obviously, people are looking at the game on the phones and things like that. And from the from the way it go, really, it, it was goal after goal, wasn't it? And it turned yeah. out to be a fantastic game, four three, and controversy at the end. So, just give us your um, your yeah. thoughts on them two. Two fixtures, please, Mickey. Well, number, number one, not not forgetting the controversy in the first game at, at the new stadium when the ref gave a penalty when the ball hit Danny Rose in the hand from uh, smashed at him at 100 mile an hour and um, of course, yeah, it hit him from two yards away. So there was a bit of controversy in that game too. Um, but you know, the game, the first game, I thought we were incredibly professional against a great side, and and as have been proven over the last couple of years, they are possibly the best side in Europe, um, and it was always going to be the toughest game we could have got in the in the quarterfinals. So to do the professional job at home, we kept the clean sheet, which is was imperative. If we'd have conceded a goal, it was it was always going to make the job extra difficult up there. But that that away goal in the end took us through. So that was a, a great professional job at home. We went away. I mean, it got off to the fly. I mean, it was like schoolboy defending in the first 20 minutes. I think the score was 2-2 two, two after after about 18 minutes. You know, schoolboy defending, um, good play. Um, it was it made for an incredibly exciting game. And uh, and I don't think even at that point, you know, with the shock of seeing four goals in uh, at this level in in 18, 19 minutes, I, I don't think anybody expected what was about to happen and come. Um, and of course. Um, City took the lead 3-2 level on um, um, goals but we had the away goal and and, and that was proving to be the key Um, and then they got the fourth which put them 4-2 ahead 4-3 ahead sorry Uh, and we got a disputed controversial VAR decision um, that was touch and go it was probably just handball but he couldn't have known his hand he couldn't have he couldn't have reacted to avoid it. It was a, uh, it just hit off one part of his body and and sort of deflected onto his arm. And and, and maybe next season it would have been given um, a handball. But this season they ruled. Uh, and also I think they got the wrong angle when they did the uh, yeah. the, the you know when they had a relook at it. I thought it was the wrong angle because one angle actually showed it and another didn't. Um, and they chose the one that didn't. Thankfully, so we got back on level terms and. You know, we got so close to the end of the game that I was starting to believe that, well, we've done it, we've done it, we've done it. And then um, and then comes the most, um, I've got to say, in all my lifetime, I don't think I've ever felt so low at a football game um, within seconds, felt so high. Um, and, and I suppose uh, VAR in this instance, and I've never been a big, big fan of, of VAR, I've been very critical of it, because I think mm-hmm. that... Uh, it should be based on fact decisions, not opinion-based. Um, uh, and often people are making opinions which should only be the referees. Uh, but in this instance, 
Um, certainly with Lorente's goal, I was delighted. And then obviously the the offside goal, you know, to watch. And there's a downside to it too, because I can't imagine how those Manchester City players felt, how Guardiola felt, how their fans felt as they ran away celebrating. They were through to the Champions League semi-final. It was like a high they've probably never experienced. Uh, and then to have it taken away from you so cruelly, what, three, four inches offside? But he was offside. So uh, uh, under the rules and regulations, that dictates VAR. He was offside and, and we managed to hang on and, and, and win the game. But I don't think I've ever seen a more dramatic finish in any game that I've ever watched. It was incredible. And to be a Spurs fan and actually be on the, the good side of VAR um, made it all the more better. But spare a thought for how the Manchester City fans and players felt and manager. It must have been horrendous for them. But, uh, but an unbelievable result for Spurs. I mean, we were absolutely awesome. Yeah, it was a great game for the neutral as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So, but yeah, like you say about that that decision against um, Lorente when, when I was watching it myself, um, handball for me is using your hand. It it wasn't his hand; it was more towards his, his elbow, wasn't it? It's yeah, not absolutely as if he, agree. Yeah, he, he's not moved his arm towards the ball. It's basically just struck that part of his yeah. body and and gone in. So, for me, whether it was referred to at the wrong angle I, I still believe that that goal should have I'm been given you. and yeah absolutely I, I'm with you on that yeah and and that's took Tottenham through to the to the um to the next round again so Jay quarterfinals for Liverpool after we beat Bayern Munich we got drawn against Porto in the in the quarter didn't we so we went out well sorry we went um Let's get these. Uh, drew them at home. Uh, sorry, two 0 victory, and then we went away and recorded a four one victory away in Portugal. So, just give us your thoughts on um, them two games and how Liverpool performed over the two legs, please. Well, yeah, after getting a, a very difficult draw in the last sixteen against Bayern Munich, we actually got quite a good draw, didn't we, in the quarterfinals against Porto because. No disrespect to them, but, you know, it, it was tougher games out there, wasn't it? And, yeah, maybe the first game in at Anfield wasn't the best because you'd always say that you would prefer the second leg to be at Anfield. But, you know, we were at Anfield first and it gave us the opportunity to basically put the tie to bed in the first game. And, you know, we were 2-0 up early on and we should really have went 3-4-0. and We sort of, like, took our foot off the pedal a little bit and, Porto showed signs, I thought, in the second half in that game at Anfield that they did have potential there to cause a few problems, you know, like over in Portugal the week after. And, you know, we won 2 nil, and you're still confident we'd get through, but I did think it could have been a bit tricky. And then when you look back to that game in the, the second leg, for the first 20 minutes before we scored, I mean, I think they had 13 shots to our none. It was incredible, really, but they were having, like, pot shots from absolutely everywhere and anywhere, and... You know, but I think Allison made one or two decent saves, but the rest of them were all high and wide, and you know, just they just never really had that little bit of clinical nature that you need in in, in top class games of football. And Liverpool went down the other end, and Mane scored. It was one of them VAR decisions as well, where he looked offside to the naked eye, but someone had spotted that he actually wasn't. He was onside, and it was fantastic. It was a fantastic decision, really, but it knocked the stuffing out of Porto then, and 
in the second half. Liverpool went 2 0 up. Fantastic goal by Mo Salah. Great counter attacking goal, really. Alexander Arnold played the ball fantastic into his path and he slotted it 2 0. And then it was game over, really. And I know they did score a consolation goal, really. And Liverpool just went and went down the other end and got another couple and beat them 4 1. And I'm, really, it was, you know, we couldn't really complain too much about getting that type of tie because we'd had a tough one against Bayern Munich. And, into the semi-finals we went and we were sort of like harbouring hopes again, weren't we, that we're going to go to another European Cup final and, you know, but Barcelona were waiting in the next round and, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, then we moved on to the to the semi-finals. Spurs was drawn against Ajax and uh, Liverpool was drawn against Barcelona. So, talking about Spurs first, um, uh, Mickey, sorry. Tottenham in the home leg went down to... Uh, so a one nil defeat against Ajax, getting the the all important away goal as it should have been really, um, and then they've gone away. Ajax scored a couple of goals. They need to take it to to three nil on aggregate, and then second half, the, your man Lucas Moura has has come into his own, hasn't he? And yeah. last kick of the game, um, long ball goes up, doesn't it? Lorente, I think it was the flick on, and Dali Ali's put a cute little pass through into his his path for him to. To slot home and it, it was unbelievable. Uh, I was watching the game on television and it mustn't have been as up to date as other people. Some messages through on my phone, more of this, more of that, and I'm watching them thinking, "Wow, what, what's going on here?" And then <laughs> it, it played out in front of me, and I think it was the ninety ninety fifth, ninety sixth minute, was it? The, yeah. That Mora um, got that goal to take Tottenham into the Champions League final. So, give us your thoughts on. On the first game, and and then your emotions after after yeah. that incredible comeback from from Spurs. Well, please. F- first of all, I have to say that probably um, this Champions League has probably been the greatest Champions League ever. There's been three monumental games: Manchester City, Spurs, Liverpool, Barcelona at Anfield, uh, and and Manchester. Uh, sorry, and Spurs uh, Ajax in Amsterdam. Three incredible games, three incredible results. Um, Three incredible performances, and, and and anybody who questions Liverpool and Spurs being in the final, they have earned the right to be there because they have played some top top teams. Uh, Spurs in the home leg look very nervous, um, um, like the occasion the, they were playing the occasion and not the game, um, and could have easily been two or three down in that first twenty twenty five minutes. Made a couple of adjustments to the shape of the team, Pochettino and. Um, uh, Sissoko um, came on and, and made such a massive difference suddenly while we didn't play really, really well um, what we did do we started to stifle their play uh, and start to get attacking things going of our own um, but it wasn't a great performance so when we when we left at the end of the evening I was absolutely delighted we'd only lost by one goal um, because it was an occasion where we could have comfortably lost by two or three Ajax, young side really great movement great technique looked a really, really good side. And, of course, that sort of carried over into the away leg. Um, you know, that first half, um, the, the the game could have been out of reach. They looked such a such a good side, the passing, the movement. Uh, and, and at half time, you were just looking at it and thinking, wow, 3-0 down, is there a way back? And you thought, we have to get an early goal. If we get the first goal, you know, youngsters, great players that they are and that they were, um, you get an early goal, suddenly the 
Um, the temperament changes. You suddenly start to become a bit more defensive or a bit more negative than you were. Uh, whereas at 3-0, you're just flowing and, and expressing yourself. Suddenly, you realise another goal can turn this tie on its head. Um, and unfortunately, we got the next goal to make it 3-1, um, quickly followed by a second. And, and at that point, you're thinking, wow. Um, and suddenly, Ajax come out and start to play a little bit again. Again, not as fluent as they were, but uh, they start to be a, bit, a little bit more ambitious. Um, and then they had a couple of chances, one where what hit the post. Um, and at that point, you thought, wow, this is going to be overnight. Um, and then he slotted one just wide of the far post. And then and then we get a great chance, Lorente. And he, uh, uh, um, uh, um, no, sorry, that was our second goal, wasn't it? And then, of course, the, the game's building and building. And we're, we're right in the last minutes. And they look reasonably comfortable to be fair. Vertonian gets this chance, a great chance, should have scored. And, and we're through and he hits the crossbar and doesn't react quick enough to get onto the rebound. And then you think, well, minute to minute and a half to go. And they've got the ball in the corner at our end. Um, and you're thinking, well, just get it and win it and get it pumped down fee. We do. They get a goal kick. There's like 45 seconds to go. They've got a goal kick. And then the goalkeeper decides to kick the ball away, waste time, um, Gets gets booked, which waits even more time, and he ends up adding a minute onto the. If he'd have just kicked the ball out straight, we'd have been down in our half, game over. But he added another minute extra t- injury, uh, you know, time onto the um, 45 seconds that was left, and that was what gave us the opportunity. He kicked the ball straight. Uh, there was a little scramble in the midfield area. Um, the ball gets won by Sony, lays it back to Sosoko, uh, who helps it downfield. Um, it's won by Lorente, who had made su- such an impact when he came on, um, give us a different option rather than us playing our f- football on the floor. We were going into the, the big man up top and making runs off of him. And of course, we get Dali Ali making a run. And at the same time, Son's coming in off the right, making a run. And uh, Lorente flicks, Dali plays it through. And an absolutely instinctive reaction from, from Mura. I mean, how he got his foot to the ball and controlled his shot in the way he did. I, I didn't think he was anywhere near the ball and he just stretched and bang, and it's in the back of the net. Well, yes, was I, um, you know, I'm on crutches. <laughs> I'm in agony with my foot and I'm jumping up and I've landed on my foot, but I, am I in pain? No. <laughs> the excitement of this momentous occasion for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, never been in a Champions League final before the furthest we ever got is in uh, when we reached the semi-final in 62. Um yeah. Absolutely incredible occasion. Um, the joy, the happiness, the you know the thing that I love most about football is seeing after such an incredible result, seeing so many happy faces, um, everybody um, getting support and getting behind the club and cheering them and singing and dancing and and it really is wonderful. Um, and of course, following you know to come back from three 0 down with thirty five minutes to play was incredible. But it you know. Whoever thought the game before, the night before, would have been bettered. You know, they've come against the great Barcelona side. They've come back and got four. So I never thought that would be bettered. But somehow, 3-0 down with 35 minutes. For me, the best three games the Champions League's ever seen. Yeah, great stuff. Cheers, Mickey. OK, then, Jay, going to talk about Liverpool's semi-final against, against Barcelona. Obviously, we went over to the, to the new Camp, didn't we? And went down to a... A three nil defeat could have been worse at the end when we was pushing on to try and get that that late goal, but was it all in all? It, it was uh, the scoreline flattered Barcelona, I thought, and Liverpool played a very good 
game away in Barcelona and, and we're unlucky really to come away with a with a 3-0 defeat. But then we go back to Anfield the the following week and the only scoreline really is Liverpool to score more than three three goals to take it to extra time or, or four without Barcelona conceding and myself and, and you was both in the stadium and you could sense a build up of something, couldn't you, before the ground before the game we went to the coach welcoming and then in the pubs before and there wasn't there was a sense of like we've got nothing to lose and we just gotta give it our all basically and and it turned out to be to be a fantastic performance, didn't it? And even though Barcelona did have a couple of chances, Allison again played very well. But you can't take nothing away from Liverpool in that, that game and the crowd was absolutely phenomenal, probably the best atmosphere I've ever been to at Anfield and Sent shivers down your spine at the end with, with with the players celebrating with the crowd and everything. So, just give us your your thoughts on on Liverpool over them two legs, please, Jake. Well, yeah, it was always going to be a, a tough game against Barcelona because you know they are a fantastic team and and they've got the best player in the world, have and Lionel Messi. And you know when we went to the new camp, it was it was devastating really because Liverpool performed very well. I mean, when do you ever see a team go to the new camp and have more possession? And have more effort, efforts and attempts on goal. It's just it's unheard of, really. And you know Liverpool were the better side, and and to lose the game in in general was bad enough. But to lose the game three 0 you just thought that's it, it's over. I mean, they'd probably get a goal at Anfield and away goal. Liverpool need five, and it's probably unlikely to happen. So when it went three 0 I mean Lionel Messi's free kick was just absolutely sensational. No goalkeeper on the planet was going to save that right in the in the posted stamp and. No fantastic goal and it was just sickening really that even at the end Mo Salah had an opportunity to score an away goal and he, and he somehow managed to hit the post from what like what, 10 yards out or something and you just thought you got the impression then that Liverpool were probably dead and buried and going to be out but as we said going into the game at Anfield, Anfield's a special place and you know star players and, and top teams they just seem to crumble at Anfield they just don't seem to be able to handle the environment, the atmosphere, and and you would never say Anfield's the most intimidating of places to go, but the atmosphere that we generate on, on a European night, it's second to none, and teams just don't know how to handle it. And Liverpool, it's it's like we are, we do act as the twelfth man. But going into the game, in my heart of hearts, I didn't truly really believe we'd get through, simply because not just because it was such a tall order and expecting Barcelona maybe not to score an away goal. But don't forget, Liverpool had injuries going into that game. There was no Mo Salah because he was concussed against Newcastle at the, the Premier League game prior to that. Uh, we had no Roberto Firmino up front. So Liverpool had a little bit of a makeshift team, especially in the in the, in the forwards area. And, and obviously Liverpool needed goals in the game. So in my heart of hearts, I just didn't think we'd have enough to do it on the night. But, you know, how foolish was I? Because what a fantastic evening it was at Anfield. And I would say it was the greatest ever night at Anfield. I really would, because we've had some special occasions over the years. I mean, back in the day, St. Etienne, we had Olympiacos in 2005. We had Chelsea in 2005 in the semi-final. We also had one against Dortmund in the Europa League a couple of seasons ago. 
But you'd have to say beating Barcelona, the calibre of opposition that, that they are, you know, having Lionel Messi in their ranks, not just Messi though, two ex Liverpool players, Coutinho and Suarez, who we all know they were they were gods at our football club and we they, they moved on to pastures new, went to Barcelona and we were we were all heartbroken when they both left because they were fantastic players for our own club and you know, for them to come back to Anfield and Liverpool to basically have the last laugh really, wasn't it? And you know, knock them out in the in the manner and the style that we did. It, it was amazing, really. And you know, Divock Origi has been fantastic for Liverpool this season because everyone knows he's not a first choice. You know, he's just a squad man, but he scored some vital goals for Liverpool this season. And you know, he, he opened the score and that night at Anfield, and then Genie Wijnaldum came off the bench, didn't he, at half time? And ironically, Luis Suarez injured uh, Andy Robertson, and he had to go off at half time injured. And, Genie Wijnaldum came on, Milner went to left-back, we all know how great he is, what a fantastic professional, and it allowed Genie Wijnaldum into midfield, and he scored two quick-fire goals, and all of a sudden, it's just incredible pandemonium, really, when it went 3-0, because you're thinking, hang on, we're going to do this, and you just got that sense of, of, of pure and utter belief that we were going to get a fourth goal, and it, yeah, you know, obviously it was great improvisation by by Trent Alexander Arnold. He was quick thinking to take the corner and already put it away and was four 0 It was a little bit of disbelief though, even though I just said there that you did think at three 0 we were going to do it. The, the goal that we scored was a little bit of a freak, I thought, because we caught them cold. They sort of like switched off, and I, I for one was thinking, is he going to allow this? And when you realised it was the goal was stand, you know, was going to stand. The scenes around Anfield was just incredible. The atmosphere was 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 unbelievable, as you said before. And we were hanging on a little bit at the end, but that's only natural, isn't it? Because they had to push forward to try and get that away goal to try and get themselves through to the final. And obviously, Liverpool did manage to hang on. And you know, the rest is history. And we're going to a European Cup final, but it was certainly a very memorable night at Anfield. And we've had quite a lot over the years, but that that was right up there for me as the greatest ever. Yeah, most definitely, it was. Uh... <coughs> It was just a fantastic evening and everyone was just elated, wasn't he, after the final whistle and lasted for days on end and just fantastic going into this, this cup final having that results as your last Champions League performance. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look forward to the to the game on Saturday the 1st of June. Um, talking to you first, Mickey, how, how do you expect... Um, Pochettino to to line up his team can with the, the consideration of of injuries with such as Kane Sanchez Vertonghen who, who's been struggling recently and and what sort of tactics is he he gonna have at his disposal for to um to try and combat Liverpool? Well, I mean they're a very difficult team to combat and and and, and if I was um, manager and I was making the tactics. I, I, I'd be worrying about their two fullbacks. I think they've got two of the best football attacking fullbacks in the league, um, Arnold and uh, Robertson. I think the two super super players. And and what that what when they attack, they keep so far forward and so wide. It enables Salah and Mane, uh, Mane is it Mane? Um, Mane to come in off Sadio Mane, uh, Sadio, yeah. Sadio Mane to come off the flanks and and give overloads through the, the centre and in the midfield areas. And that helps them dominate a lot of the ball. So that's something that I'd be looking at: is that how we can um, keep their fullbacks uh, deeper um, and not not so attacking, because they are two very very good players. Uh, what team? Well, I think the team that Pochettino will pick will obviously depend on Harry Kane's fitness. I think he's very very close to fitness. 
Um, he spoke last week. I spoke to him last week. He said uh, at a dinner, and he said that uh, he's he's expecting to make it. So will he start him? Having not played for six or seven weeks, it's a very very tough decision to leave your top goal scorer out and one of the best players in the world. Um, so I expect if he's fit, he will start. And I think that it will be uh, uh, Ericsson, Delhi. I don't think he'll leave Moura out after his escapades in the semi-final. Uh, 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 and then um, Sissoko. Um, I don't know if Winks is going to be fit enough or not. I think the defence will be Trippier, Toby, Jan and Danny Rose uh, with Lloris in goal. So I think we've got a very powerful side. The great thing, uh, while I think the break is too long between the semi-final and the final or the end of the season, um, I think the great thing about it is it's, it's given everyone an opportunity, every player, to get themselves over the little knocks that they're carrying, get themselves fit, have a rest, so they're fresh and, and ready to come in. And because this is probably the biggest game, uh, certainly for the Spurs boys, that they'll ever play in. Uh, the, the, the Liverpool boys have already played in one last season. Um, but I've got to say that, you know, Liverpool have been absolutely amazing this season and on 97 points in any other year except the two Man City wins, they would have won the title hands down. And I think that is adding a certain amount of pressure because as great as they've been this season, um, there's an expectation that they must finish with something. Um, an expectation obviously adds to the pressure. Um, uh, um, but it's for me, it's about how the Spurs boys, how we cope um, with the situation. And if I was advising them, I'd say, listen, don't, don't, don't play the occasion. You know, I played in a European final for Spurs and it was, you know, our team talk was all about don't play the occasion, play the game, you know, and um, don't focus on how big a game this is and it's been filmed worldwide, etc. Focus on the game itself and, and focus on the job in hand. Uh, don't get outside of that zone and you'll be OK. And uh, I think that first 20 minutes could be the key to the game because Liverpool will come out of blocks as they always do against Spurs. Uh, they really press high. They they play with pace and tempo. Uh, and I think it's that first 20 minutes, how are we going to be coping with the tempo of their play? Can we consolidate and, and, and stay solid and not give nothing away till the game starts to take a bit of shape? And then we'll come into the game as, as games at the last game at Anfield, you, you came out the blocks flying. Um, and then second half Spurs took over and, and could have won the game and then you got the late on goal to nick it um, but it's going to be a great game um, I would like to call the winner I think both sides more than capable of winning um, I think it's whoever uh, handles the atmosphere and the occasion the best um, and, and finds their form will win but it's an occasion where every player on the pitch needs to look deep inside their souls and, and say this is why I play football this is why I want to play football. This is why um, when I was a little boy, this is where I dreamt of being in a, in a Champions League final or a European Cup final. And, and, and uh, you know, and getting there is a dream fulfilled. But then finding your best form is the greatest thing you'll ever do at the very time when the pressure's at its greatest. You can look deep within your soul and find your best form. This is what these players do. They have to dig deep. They have to find their best form and they have to deliver the goods. And the team that copes with that that pressure best will win the game. Wow, Mickey, yeah, absolutely um, perfectly summed up there, the, the way that the, the guys should be going into to this game and the way you, you elaborated there, like players should be looking into themselves and why this should be the most important game of their lives and 
what they've they've built up since they was youngsters for it. Um, yeah, absolutely um, fantastic. Yeah. Okay then, Jay, give us your your thoughts on the. How do you think Liverpool's going to line up? It's pretty much the same back four, isn't it? Re- really, it's as we always talk on on the podcast each week. We it seems to always be the the midfield, doesn't it? Where where Klopp tends to to pick and choose different players, but obviously Cater's not going to be involved. Well, we we doubt it very much. He's going to be involved. It seems Bobby Firmino's going to be back fit after coming back into training in in the past couple of days while the lads are out in uh, in Marbella. So. Who do you think um, Jürgen's going to go with in this for the start in eleven? And um, I'll just see him approaching the game, as Mickey said, that the first twenty minutes could be vitally important. Do you see Klopp taking a little bit more of a, a conservative approach, possibly the way that we went to to Bayern Munich and we didn't overexert ourselves for the first half of the, and we sort of let Bayern have a little bit of the ball, and and second half we we sort of come into life again did we with more we had more energy and more possession and stuff like that so just give us your thoughts on the starting 11 and the, your thoughts on the the tactics that Jürgen's going to utilise in this game please Jay I think it'll be a 4-3-3 and it'll be the obvious defence really where you know Alisson will be in goal since Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson will be the full-backs your centre-half pair and will be Virgil van Dijk and of course it'll have to be Joel Matter because I thought Joel Matter came into the side in December and he hasn't looked back really he's been superb hasn't he I mean Joe Gomez has been great early part of the season but you know we've been out for four months and even though he's back fit now and available he's not really 100% match fit is he because he hasn't really had that much of a sniff and an opportunity so you'd say Matter's going to be the man that's going to get the nod alongside van Dijk in midfield, I mean, it is always a dilemma. And as you quite rightly say, we always say on these podcasts that it's very difficult to second guess who he's going to select in the, in the middle of the park. But I'm pretty sure Henderson will start because he's, he's the club captain. You're going to probably have to have Fabinho in there because for me, he should be the first midfielder's name on a team sheet because he's so good, isn't he, at protecting the back four and keeps it simple and he sets a tempo, really. He's a brilliant midfield player. And then I'd say Genie Wijnaldum. It's a toss-up between him and Milner. He could go with Milner because of, you know, obviously his experience and what have you. But for me, I would say Wijnaldum will get the start. Um, and then the front three, you know, you've got to look at the fact that it's, it's always... I mean, for me, you know, he's back now, isn't he? Back training, so he's going to start the game. I mean, I spoke before highly of... Divock Origi, but he is only a squad man, isn't he? And he's filling in when there's been injuries. And, you know, you've got to consider Roberto Firmino's the man that links everything up at the top. He's the, he's, you know, he's the glue that, that sticks us together, really. And he works so hard for the team. He works the channels. He keeps all the defenders honest. And, you know, he, he drops deep. He chases back. You know, his work ethic's second to none. And then you've got, of course, you've got Sadio Mane, who's been fantastic for Liverpool this season. I'd go as far as to say, other than Virgil van Dijk, he's probably been our second best player. I mean, he's been our best attacking player for me. You know, most Salah, he shared the golden boot, didn't he, with Mo Salah? But, um, you know, Salah's still been very good, but I just think Mane's been a little bit better than him this season. And, of course, then we've got Mo Salah as well, and we all know how good he is. And, 
know, last year it was heartbreaking, wasn't it? What happened in in the, in the final when Sergio Ramos injured him and he went off after about half an hour. And you know, even though at that stage it was still nil nil, you still thought in your he's been our best player this season and he's out injured now. And you know, all our hearts sunk. You know, like when he went off injured because he was the main man for us. And you know, it was heartbreaking for the lad. And now he has an opportunity to sort of like redeem himself but not really redeem himself not really the right word to use but you know sort of like make up for what happened last year and he'd be eager to, to win this European Cup more than ever now because of what happened to him last year because you know he was heartbroken wasn't he and you know this is it now you know you've got to look at it and say Spurs are a very good side and as we've spoken about there now about the game at Anfield most recently it, it was a very tough game I thought Liverpool control the first half should really have been more than just 1-0 up and then second half, Spurs done pretty much what they did the season before when they controlled most of the second half. And it's a little bit concerning, really, that I didn't think they would do it this season to us because last year they had Dembele, who, who was fantastic in that Anfield game last season. I thought he ran the show, but obviously he moved on to passages new in January, turned to China, and I thought he, he, he wouldn't have that control in midfield, but I thought he did play very well. Maybe not as much as the season before, but he certainly did play well, and he, he obviously got an equalizer, and they were the, the team, really, that were looking more likely to win the game, and he probably should have went 2-1 up anyway, because it was great defending by Virgil van Dijk, but Sissoko really should have found Son, and if he would have found him, then obviously he's deadly in front of goal, he's clinical, and probably would have scored, but you know, unfortunately for Tottenham and grateful for us that he hit it over the bar and Liverpool went down the other end and we really needed to win the game because we were going for the title at the time and you know it was it was a crazy goal really, wasn't it, that they conceded. I mean, it seemed to me like Larice had another opportunity to sort of like clear it and he seemed to like miss the ball and then Alderweireld was just like sort of like delayed because he don't think he really wanted to kick Larice's hand and then it just trickled over the line and obviously we, we ended up winning the game 2-1 so you know it was a very tight cagey close game I thought so you know you, you can only imagine it being quite tight in, in the final in Madrid as well two very good sides and I must admit I, I would have probably preferred Ajax pure and simply because in my eyes it's it's a European Cup final so you want to play a European team. You don't really want to play another English team, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, your beggars can't be choosers. You're in the European final, and, and it so happens to be Tottenham, and it's great for the country, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's it's a lot more intensity now in, in the game. It's a lot more, you know, it's, a, it's an even bigger spectacle, if you like, because it's two English teams, because all eyes are on it, and, you know, you dare not lose this game because Liverpool have to draw on what happened last season. And I know, I know we lost the final, we have to use that experience and make sure that it doesn't happen again this time around. And, you know, I do think this is this is where the dilemma is now because it's it's great for Spurs. You know, they've got nothing to lose. They're going to go into this final thinking this is our first ever European Cup final. Yeah, they've been to another final before, but not a European Cup final, a Champions League final. So this is massive to them. They've got nothing to lose. But I just wonder whether or not, with Mickey saying there about the occasion, that's important because... It's always possible that they could freeze on the big stage. Liverpool shouldn't do because our players have been there before. They were there last season. And that's what I'm saying. We have to use that experience. And regardless of the fact that we lost the game, we have to make sure we don't lose this one. But don't forget that we've got that more recent experience of the big game occasion, the big spectacle. This is the pinnacle of club football. This is what everyone wants to do. All footballers, this is what they want to play and this is what they want to win. This is what they want to achieve. And basically, Liverpool have to get that draw on the experience of last year. 
there's no two ways about it. Liverpool need to win something this season. And he, Mickey's right in what he's saying. There is pressure, added a little bit of added pressure on Liverpool because to to have the league campaign that we had to, to get 97 points and not win the league, and of course we didn't win any of the domestic cups either because obviously City done the treble. So now we're in a final. Liverpool have to win this trophy because we need to get that monkey off our back. Liverpool have lost so many finals in modern times. I think it's four on the spin. We've had two narrow misses in going for titles. Obviously, 2014, the Gerard slip. And of course, this most recent one now getting a ridiculous amount of points. 97 points. It's just that was heartbreaking to not win the league. But we've run into a freak team of like Manchester City and they've got 98 points to mat to back up what they got last year where they got 100 points. It's just like it's a different ball game now, you know. You'd have to get like 90 plus points to win the league, and that's obscene, really. But Liverpool have to win this European Cup for me, and you know, it's going to be a very tough game. Spurs are a very good side, they've got players that can seriously hurt us. I mean, you know, Ericsson's fantastic, he pulls the strings for me, he's the creative spark. You know, Harry Kane's a goal scorer. People are saying maybe Spurs play a little bit better when they've got Son and Mora, and, and Harry Kane's not in the side. But what you've got to realize is Harry Kane. You give him one chance, it's a goal. He's clinical. He's a, he's a poacher. So so really, if he's fit enough to to start the game, even if it's only an hour, I'm sure he will start the game because he's club captain as well. So to me, I think he will start. Um, but they've got dangers off the bench, as I say. If Son doesn't start the game, then he's going to be a danger off the bench. If Mora doesn't start the game, he'll be a danger off the bench. So you know, they certainly have got players that can hurt us, and it's going to be a very difficult game. But you know. Let's hope and pray Liverpool can make it number six. Great stuff, lads. Yeah, we're um, we're not going to do any sort of scoreline predictions like that for this one because obviously both teams want to win it. We're all going to choose our own side, so we're just going to say let's um, let's enjoy the occasion, both sides, and make the, and best, team the best, best team win. Exactly, Mickey. So yeah, just before we go, um, we're gonna. I want to introduce the music by the band that's been in touch with us um, this week, and also just the the preview that Guillaume Balagay is going to be doing with us, possibly added into this podcast, maybe um, if he wants to do it on as his own one. Um, we'll be recording that at the weekend as well, so um, that's another one for our listeners to look forward to. So the song um, I'm going to play for you tonight, it's you, you've probably heard this song to people who are listening it's off one of the adverts and the the girl that's been in touch with us she's a, a swedish singer songwriter by the name of clara she asked us a while back would we play um our, one of her songs and then when she's messaged me i've and i've listened to this song it's it's off one of the i think it's the volvo adverts it's it's a very haunting track it's it, it's really it's a really good track so the song i'm going to play for you tonight is called these woods by Clara. We built three houses in the woods. We felt the warmth of the summer sun. Like these, share. 
So that track was called These Woods from Swedish singer-songwriter Clara. You've probably heard that song on the adverts uh, many times. So thanks for, uh, for getting in touch with us to play her music on the on the Champions League final podcast. Just before we go, just like to say a big thank you to the LFC Day Trippers for the editing of all our podcasts this year, to the at LFC online Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages, who, who've also been putting out all our, our podcasts on their their platform. And also to Paul Bentley and Lee Butler for the for the current support, uh, continuous support with the, the No More Knives campaign that's that's on in um, Liverpool and the, and the Merseyside area. We've been supporting each other throughout the season and the guys over there are doing great work with selling the T-shirts and going into to the local youth clubs and um, even visiting the, the local prisons to get in this No More Knives campaign across to all, all, all the young people out there. So grateful for their, their support and we're, we're happy to, to be on board with them as well to support that campaign. So thanks very much, Mickey and Jay, for joining me on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, lads. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Fantastic. Fantastic, boys. Fantastic. You know, let's hope it's a fantastic game of football for you know for our own fans, but also for everyone else watching. And as I say, made the best team win, but obviously we're a little bit biased, aren't we? Because we want our own teams to win, don't we, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's just one of it's just one of them things, isn't it? You know, it's 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 not ideal playing another English club because whoever whoever loses the game never gonna live it down, Hardy. But you know, let's hope it's a fantastic game for the fans. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Okay, so that's the cop table preview of, of the Spurs versus Liverpool Champions League final coming up on the first of June. Thanks everybody to who's listened to our podcast throughout the season and um, look forward to joining you all again next season. So thanks everybody for listening and uh, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.